the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Episode number 165, How to Grow Through What You Go Through, Applying the Axe Plan to Your Life. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and Welcome to the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. This is where we look to be helpful to you, to help you to navigate through any adversities that you have in your life and to achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. Not too long ago, I, in fact, just very recently, I watched a football game, a college football game, and uh, the announcers were talking about how it was great to see after the COVID crisis how the teams had persevered through adversity to achieve, to come back and to play a good game, and that there was fans in the stands and that they were more like normal, more like back to the way it ought to be. Then after the game, it was a great game, and one of the teams came from way down to defeat the other team, and one of the star players was interviewed, and he said, uh, we fought through adversity in order to win the game. Well, everybody today, I want us to talk for a few minutes, just you and I, about uh, getting through adversity in order to become a winner, in order to have success. This is episode number 165 of the Beyond Adversity podcast, and I really want to call it how to grow through what you go through. And I wanted to share with you a little bit about my story and about who I am and why I do what I do and what purposes we can accomplish moving forward, especially during pivotal transitional moments of your life and of mine. I'm going through a bit of a transition in my life right now. A couple months ago, I retired. Uh, retired from active ministry as a pastor and uh, did that for over 40 years. And now I'm transitioning to a life and life style of focusing in on such things as this a podcast. I'm writing a book. I'm going to be working more on blogging and coaching and leadership and really, really, really becoming a student even more so of this thing that every people, every person faces called adversity. You hear me almost every week when we get together, I say something like you, We are all about here helping you to navigate adversity and achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. And in that way, you need to grow through what you go through. And I share those things with you out of my own background in ministry. Uh, I 
spent 40 years in ministry. That means I was dealing on a regular basis with lots of uh, difficult circumstances that people have. Even right now, as I deal with, uh, I've dealt with recently a couple of deaths that I've had to deal with in uh, the church I served. People with COVID, um, tragic loss of life, people killed in car wrecks, uh, people homeless, um, other folks who've had emotional distress, marital problems, dealing with uh, debt and depression, things of that nature. It happens all the time. But at the same time, there's also... Those who choose to can work through that and come to a great place where they work together to accomplish great things. Just recently, some folks were working with uh, a young couple in my church who homeless, living in a tent, and working with them, even though they were in a bad way, helping them to get jobs and to find a place to live. That's inspiring. But what I'm here to do here, friends, is I... I've seen that happen time and time again where people have been able to get through a process and come out better on the other side if they choose to. But it's not easy, and there's not really a good roadmap to help you find the way. And I've decided to become a student of that out of my own experiences, out of my own life, out of my own studies. I am a student of it. You know, I am a a doctor. I have a doctorate in transformational leadership. It's called the Doctor of Ministry, which means I spent a lot of time studying how organizations and people change and transform into something different from what they started off with and be better and be more productive and have more purpose and more direction and accomplish something for the greater good. I've studied that in church settings and corporate settings and certainly personally. But you know what's been most important to me or what was most transformative for me is when I've had those episodes in my own life where some adversity or some situation has happened and I'm going, oh my God, what has happened here to me? And what am I going to do about it? One of them that just took my breath away a few years ago my daughter, my adult daughter, came to me, and uh, she said to me, Dad, she said, Dad, I want you to have my wedding. Now, I'm a pastor, so I can do that and officiate the wedding, but what she talked about she wasn't just about me officiating the wedding, doing the vows and so on, which was enough, but of course, as the father of the bride, she wanted me to walk her down the aisle, and she also wanted me to give the father of the bride speech, uh, at the reception, and uh, to also to um, have a father-daughter dance with her at the reception. And all those things would be expected, but for some reason, it just scared me to death. In fact, the image I had in my mind, I'm not even sure where I got this from, is I did not want to become a dadzilla. A dadzilla. Maybe you've, I'd, apparently I just had watched or heard something about bridezillas. You know, these brides who, and I'd worked with a few folks like that, brides who are really hard to get along with and kind of mess up the wedding for everybody else because they're so demanding or they're so self-absorbed or they just make 
life painful for everybody else. And that came to my mind. I do not want to, you know, of course, I remembered my what my daughter was all about and how I guess flashback to me her as a little girl and all the things we experienced together because I spent some time as a single dad to her and her mom and I went through a difficult divorce and there was some pressures in all kinds of ways and parenting and single dad and getting remarried and all the things that came along with that. And a lot of that stuff came rushing back when she asked me to perform the ceremony and all the other parts. But for some reason, I had this mind, I was going to be a dadzilla. I was going to ruin everything because she said that she wanted this to be the best day of her life. And I'll be darned if I wouldn't, you know, I was going to do everything in my power for to make it happen. But I had in my mind that I was going to trip down the aisle, you know, going down the aisle, that I was going to mess up the, uh, uh, mess up the vows and say something stupid. I was really concerned about the father of the bride speech because I just thought I was going to get over emotional and I was having to deal, you know, there was some uh, family dynamics, which were a little bit weird, uh, during that whole weekend. I couldn't anticipate that coming, but you know, what scared me the most was the dance. And this was no, uh, little ditty. This was about a four minute mashup of a whole bunch of her favorite songs and a couple of mine and different dance steps. And we, we went through dance lessons for weeks and weeks and weeks before the wedding. It was a complicated dance. And I got to tell you, friends, I'm in a lot of things in life. I like to have fun, but I ain't no dancer. Uh, Fred Astaire and uh, Michael Jackson are in no danger from me. Uh, but, uh, you know, but that scared me to death. I thought I sure I was going to step on her dress or I was going to fall. I was just scared that I was going to mess up that wedding. Now, I'd done hundreds and hundreds of weddings of other people, but nobody was my daughter, you know? And nobody had the dynamics of all the family and friends. And this was a big wedding at a big uh, uh, event center, outdoor wedding nonetheless. And uh, it was a big deal. I knew that everybody would be looking at me, and I really had really a lot of responsibility. I felt a lot of pressure. And guess what? I was a mess emotionally and spiritually, even physically. And it got down to just a few months before the wedding, and I realized that I'm a mess and i got to do something about this. Or I will be Dadzilla. The adversity which I feared would come to pass, and that would be horrible. That would be a mark on my life for the rest of my life, I feared. I did not want to become Dadzilla. Now, I know you have faced adversities as well in your life, and that's what we're here to work on, but this was mine. And so what I decided to do was utilize my training and what I had going for me in order to change some things around. And so in the process of just a couple months, 40, 50 days prior to the wedding, I got busy. I really got buckled down on my discipline about my habits in terms of my life and lifestyle. I got up earlier. I worked out every day. I ate better. Better. I had a quiet time. I had a devotional time. I had a reading time. I had a journaling time for, for my mental and my spiritual health. I blocked out those things in my life. I worked on getting my act together in terms of talking to the people I needed to talk to. 
I connected with a therapist for the first time in many years to process some things. And you know what else I did? I took seriously the dance lessons that my daughter and I went through and my wife and I went through as well because I wanted to be a halfway decent dancer. And guess what I did? I practiced like crazy. I prepared and I practiced. I practiced my father's daughter speech. I prepared and I practiced the, the vows I would give. I even practiced walking down the aisle on my own. And I certainly practiced that dance that we did well over 500 times. A lot of it on my own but certainly practicing with my daughter as well because I wanted to have it down. I wanted to have confidence working through things. The adversity I was facing was threatening to crush me, and I didn't want that to happen because I was motivated by something bigger than the adversity at hand. I was motivated to do everything I could to give my daughter the best day of her life, and I wanted to crush the resistance, which was tempting to to drag me down. Um, You've heard that term about resistance, I'm sure, because I saw the resistance as evil, as a force that wanted to keep me from doing what was right. And so I applied my life in ministry, I applied my my academic studies about uh, transformation, and I applied them to my particular circumstance. And I got to work. Every day became a process of getting better and preparing for that event. I learned some things in that episode, and that's relatively minor compared to what a lot of people deal with. You know, right now we deal in a world where there are people with uh, in war and famine and floods and hurricanes and wildfires and the COVID-19 crisis is just scary as it can be. And people are dealing with all kinds of adversity. They've lost all kinds of stuff. And mine, I know, is just relatively minor compared to a lot of that stuff, but it was real. You know what is real to have that pressure in your life, don't you? And I'm here to tell you this was real, it was palpable, and it was my personal thing. It wasn't anything I could uh, palm off anybody else, that I had to do this. I had to do it. Or I would regret the results. And I would, at least in my own mind, become tagged as Dadzilla. Because I was really fearful that I was going to mess things up at this wedding. So I got to work. But in my studies, I, I, I got to work and I got to work on my health and my spiritual life and on my relationships and practicing uh, everything I needed to to talk about. Got my financial house in order uh, quite a bit better because, you know, doing a wedding for your daughter isn't cheap. Did all those things and worked hard at it. I applied myself to transformation to apply what I learned. And I came down to the understanding out of my studies here out of this experience I had, is that adversity is a real thing. Resistance is real. There is pressure out there that is real. And what can you do about it? Well, the first thing I came to mind was that there, I really understood that adversity kind of comes down to what I like to call the five Ds. The first D is depression. Depression is where, you know, you know how it goes. You get absorbed in yourself and your self-pity, like the whole thing with me and the uh, 
Dadzilla thing. Depression is the first D. The second D is divorce, which encompasses all relationships that uh, have uh, consequence in your life. I'd gone through a divorce many years prior when my daughter was just a small child, and there were still dynamics of that prior relationship. But this also had, this event had implications on my current marriage and on my daughter and everything else, good and bad, and good and good, good and uh, uh, challenging. But what I want to get to you with is a divorce. Our relationship issues is certainly a source of adversity that we all have to deal with. Then there's disease. We all know what the disease thing is all about these these days, uh, don't we? With the COVID-19 crisis, every single person on the planet has to deal with this and all the controversies that come with that. And, uh, to, you know, getting your vaccination shots and staying healthy. And so many people have lost so much during the COVID crisis. But there's heart disease and people we know who've had all kinds of things. In this particular uh, episode, in this particular uh, event to this wedding, my own dad was having suffering from kidney cancer during the time of the wedding. I had to be concerned about his health and welfare during this wedding as well. Disease, how you handle it, makes a difference. That's the third D of adversity. The fourth D is debt. That's the financial piece. We can't to get around it. You have to deal with finances. In this wedding, I had to deal with some financial pressures that came uh, with the wedding itself and other things in my life, and I had to deal with it and get organized and get better. You know, if you have uh, the pressure of your finances hanging over your head, that is going to impact your life, and it is certainly an adversity to be respected and know that it can impact everything else. So debt or financial issues. And the fifth D is death. Death of a loved one or your own death. And I know that... Uh, you know, we've all had to deal with this in some form or another in our lives, either our, our own diagnosis that we eventually will will die or understanding the, the adversity that the death of a loved one puts in our life. In my own case, not too long after this wedding, my father did die, and there that was another adverse life event in my life that I had to deal with that impacted so many other things. So the five Ds, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. And a lot of those were wrapped up in that experience I was having with my daughter's wedding. But they also wrapped up in everything you're about and I'm about, aren't they? You know, we all deal with those things at one time or another. And I became a student of those areas, those five D's. And how do you deal with them? How do you deal with them? Well, I'm a uh, man of faith and I, do, I certainly believe in what uh, from the Christian perspective, what the words of Jesus are teaching teach us, and the words of from the Bible are teach us, and I just want to share just briefly a couple things. The focus of this podcast is not going to be hammer you over the head with the scriptures, but it is a part of my life, and therefore I want to share it. This the key scripture in my life is from John ten, verse ten, where it says, "The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, and I have come." that they or me or you might have life and have it to the full. Whereas there are forces that want to steal your joy. You want to steal everything you've got going on. And it doesn't have to be that way. Because there is a force greater than yourself that if you choose to connect up with it, can give you a full life. 
And I believe there's a promise for you and me to have a full life. I like to call it the promised life. And the promised life means a life of peace of mind, prosperity, which is not only financial prosperity, but it's having good health and good vital energy in your life. And purpose, that's having direction to go, having some meaningfulness in your life. So peace, prosperity, and purpose, that's the promised life. So that is from John 10.10. 10. And the other key scripture that I really focus a lot of my teaching on is from uh, uh, Paul, who wrote uh, in Second Timothy, Second uh, Timothy 1, verse 7, says, The Spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So those four parts there, do not be timid or be bold, and power and love and self-discipline. So when I applied myself in the weeks and months, uh, just two or three months of the uh, time of my, of uh, leading up to that wedding, when I applied myself, I took those words or those scriptures and some of the things I was learning and applied them to my life. And that's the thing I really focus in on when I talk to a guest here on Beyond Adversity and try to teach as well, is what I call the ACTS plan or ACTS plan. And that's what I did basically in those months leading up to that wedding. And also, I just want to share those with you. ACTS, the word ACTS, the acronym, A, the A is for action. you got to take action. you got to get off your rear and you got to do something. In my case, I had to get off my rear and I had to start preparing and I had to prepare for the dance. I had to prepare for the, the vows, the message. I had to prepare the, the uh, father of the bride uh, speech that I gave, the toast. I had to practice walking down the aisle. I had to do all those things. I had to get in shape physically. I had to get up and work with a workout partner. I did all those things. I got up at 5 in the morning every morning. That wasn't usually my case before. And to uh, work out and to have my moments of taking action, prayer life, uh, journaling, things like that, taking action. The C in the word uh, ACTS, A-C-T-S, the C is to connect with a higher power. And this goes to spiritual life. I just don't think you can do this on your own uh, without a higher power to draw on. And that kind of goes to that scripture, you know, God gives us power to you know, to do things, the power that you have to have a source greater than yourself and whatever it is for, for you, my, my friend, but you have to be, have to uh, apply it to your life. In my life, it was prayer and Bible study and quiet time for you. It might be something like that. It might be meditation. It might be somehow connecting to something beyond yourself. You're not uh, going through this on your own. You have a spiritual life. And you can draw upon power beyond yourself, and you can do that. So the, 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 so the A was to take action, the C to connect with a higher power, and the T in the word acts is to think with discipline. This is how I organize my life. I have much more of a disciplined day, I have a best day ever type of thing that I wanted to do and to apply that as long as I could in my life. And it had to do with the discipline in my personal life and also discipline in my relationships uh, with my wife and with my workout partner, with other people as well, being accountable to someone else, think with discipline and to track things. I tracked my weight, I tracked my eating, tracked my spending, did other things with discipline, which helped me get control of my life. That's This is kind of the cognitive piece of it, you know, the thinking piece of it, is this thinking with discipline.
So A is for action. The C is to connect with higher power, to think. The T is to think with discipline. And the S with uh, the acts plan is to serve with love. So if I, you know, in my case, love, man, is that's the emotional piece of this. And I did all this because I love my daughter deeply and I was determined to leverage the emotion of my love for her to not let her down and not let others down, family and friends and others. And moreover, not to let myself down, to love myself enough to do this and to love others and serve others by doing this. And I'm just really committed, everybody, to teaching and preaching that, if you will, if you'll allow me that analogy, during our time together on Beyond Adversity. Uh, to do just that, to teach this acts plan to come into your your life. And that's what I want uh, to do. I've been privileged in my life to have many experiences which have been meaningful and powerful. I've been able to travel around the world. I've been able to see people in difficult circumstances. I've been to South America. I've been to Israel. I've been to Europe. Uh, I've been lots of places been to visit all, visit all kinds of places around the states where I've seen poverty and I've seen difficulties. I've seen difficulties in the inner cities and the rural areas. There's people hurting everywhere. And people, other people can do something about it. They choose to, to help to help people get through things. So my commitment in this next phase of my life is to do everything I can to be a student of this process of helping people to overcome adversity. So there's a reason why, for instance, the football players and those announcers are talking about that football game is because people chose the process that they had to do in order to get on the field to, uh, to, to perform their best and to deal with the circumstances that did, that did come and then to get through it. And I would say even the players that lost the game still accomplished something by getting through that experience. When I say you grow through what you go through, it means the growth piece is that you have to become a better man, a better woman, a better marriage, better family, a better uh, businessman or woman, uh, better in your life. And you get that as you go through adversity. You grow through what you go through. And to go through means you've got to take action. Okay? You cannot sit on your rear and do figure that this is going to come out. So one of the things I'm really committed to do, besides talking to great guests, and you've, if you follow me at all here on Beyond Adversity, you know, we've talked to some tremendous guests uh, on our podcast. We've talked to authors and businessmen and women. We've talked to, to uh, people in the legal profession. We have talked to physicians. We have talked to uh, uh, people in the uh, field of psychoanalysis. Psycho, uh, psychoanalysis. And we've uh, talked to folks who are educators and other folks, people who have helped people get through their their financial woes as well. We're trying to hit on those things, the five Ds, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death, through the guests that we talk to and their books and things that they have done like that. Because they got something to teach us. they got something to teach you and certainly to me. I learn from every guest we have on Beyond Adversity. It's all about getting through the situations in a timely manner. And that's the other thing I wanted to share with you is that I was able to come through this process in just a couple months. I lost like 50 pounds. I got my financial house in order. I felt very confident uh, going into that wedding. And I felt 
that I felt good, I looked good, and I had my act together. I even felt okay about that dance. And here is the kicker. When it came right down to it, everything went great, everybody. Everything went great. I was able to walk my daughter down the aisle, and she had the biggest smile on her face. And I was able to share, even through some emotion, the vows that uh, she and I, and I had uh, put together. And it was to lead the, uh, conduct the wedding itself. I gave a very, what I felt was a very heartfelt, profound father of the bride toast. And many people commented about how meaningful it was to hear that talk that I gave as well. Handled all the niceties with all the family, even with some complexities involved there. Had a great time with my family and with my daughter. And even when it came time, when that first note played for the father-daughter dance, she and I got up and we nailed it. Oh, man, it was great. But here's the best part, everybody. After everything was over with, my daughter came to me and she said, Dad, this is the greatest day of my life. Thank you. The fact that I had just a little piece to play in that set my heart soaring. And it still soars even now. Now, don't you want that feeling in your life of your heart soaring, of accomplishing your promised life of peace and prosperity and purpose? You want that, don't you? And you, but you know, in order to get there, you got to get through whatever the adversity which is in your pathway, because the alternative is to get stuck, to wallow around in your own misery, to be, you know, just a mess. And too many of us have been there, especially in the last couple of years with this COVID crisis. Many people have got through it, but some people haven't handled it so well. So my commitment to you, uh, good people, you are good is to be a great student and to give everything I've got to you as we have more and more guests that are going to speak into your life, as I take more and more time to really unpack all this stuff here because I'm just studying like crazy the actual people who are really delving into this thing of adversity. It is a real thing, adversity. I want to crush adversity and help you to achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose, peace of mind, prosperity in your body and in your mind and even in your financial wherewithal, and purpose, having a direction to go, having meaningfulness in your life in the midst of a world that is often tempted to let us go into a meaningless abyss instead of going to an abyss or the malaise of mediocrity I like to call sometimes let's be on a pathway a pathway to your promised life of peace prosperity and purpose so my daughter said to me this is the greatest day of my life and therefore it was one of the greatest days of my life and I want to be a part of the process in your life friends of helping you just on a regular basis to have the tools that you need, the processes that you need uh, to get through in a short order, a pathway to get through adversity to a better life. I like to call it the 40-day way. 
The 40-day way has to do with the biblical metaphor of 40 days in the wilderness that Jesus took and other people took a 40-day process to go from a disastrous situation to a better life. You know, Noah and the ark, uh, uh, the the journey in the wilderness of Jesus, uh, many things that are there in that process. But I think I just know that it can be done in a few weeks. The Lenten season is six weeks, for instance, there where we go with process of self-reflection and journey in order to get to Easter. That's just a little bit. But I'm going to dig, 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 dig deep into this area of adversity, and I'm going to speak into your life and to be helpful to you the best that I can. Let me leave you with this. When I close our podcast episodes, oftentimes you'll hear me say something like, uh, to go through what you go through, to grow through what you go through and to then to go and do all the good you can. And I want to encourage you to do just that, to have a focus on what growth is for you and let me and some others help you and then make a commitment to go through it. And then to do, to do all the good you can means to do it in such a purposeful way that you make a great contribution to the world. So I get this quote, uh, the, the do all the you good you can, comes from a great leader in the, uh, in the Methodist movement, a guy named John Wesley, who lived in the 1700s. And he's a big influence in my life. I like to read what he has to say and the discipline that he had in his life. And he said this, and I want to leave you with this thought, friends, and then I'll be with you again next week with another great interview as we continue the process of being a student of adversity, of navigating adversity, crushing adversity, in order for you to have a great life, a life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. So here are now these words from John Wesley, and I'll leave you with this. Quote, Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can. In all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. It's been good to be with you people. This is Dr. Brad Miller from the Beyond Adversity Podcast. Until next time, do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.